Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice with me for, as you will, Ezekiel chapter 29, verses 17 through 20. Reading to you out the New King James Version Bible, and it reads as follows. And it came to pass in the 20, 27th year in the first month, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused this army to labor strenuously against Tyre. Every head was made bald, and every shoulder rubbed raw. They must have been really working. For every head to make bald, and every shoulder rubbed raw. Yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre for the labor which they expended on it. What kind of labor? It was a labor that caused the head to be made bald and the shoulder to be rubbed raw. Verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely I will give the land of, of Egypt into Nebuchadnezzar, king, king of Babylon. He shall take away her wealth, carry off her spoil, and remove her pillage. And that will be the wages for his army. And in verse 20, I've given him the land of Egypt for his labor. And the Lord makes a very profound statement, one that I really want us to understand. Because I believe it not only applies in this day, but it also applies in our day today. Because they worked for me, says the Lord God. Isn't it wonderful to know when you can work for God on this earth, whether directly or indirectly? Based on what I've just said to you, I want to talk to you on this subject. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. Everybody say it with me. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. I'm going to read this passage again to you, and then I want to um, talk to you for a few minutes about it. And it came to pass in the 20th year and in the first month of the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me. And that came to me, of course, is Ezekiel. And I'm going to talk about Ezekiel in a moment. And he says, this is what you want you to prophesy. Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, calls his army to labor strenuously against Tyre. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had an army. And evidently in this time of army, where they were doing what they did, the Bible says they labored strenuously. And not only that, they, they labored so much that their head was made bald and every shoulder rubbed raw. Now, I'll be honest with you, that's some work right there. I have never worked that hard in my life where I went bald and my head would rub raw. I mean, my shoulder would rub raw. That, I mean, you think about it, that's got to be some serious, whatever they were doing. I can't, I, now, let me say this to you. I can't even figure out what they were doing. But I know this. This had to be some serious labor. Are y'all following him? And so every, what, what, what caught my attention, though, he said all the work that they did, they did not receive wages from Tyree. In other words, they didn't get paid for what they did. I think, wow. That'd be, that'd be something right there. I know we always talk about volunteer work and all that kind of stuff, but to do all of that and God not give you, excuse me, they didn't receive nothing for that, or they did not receive enough for that. The Bible uh, is almost uh, indicate they did not receive enough for it, but nevertheless, they did not get everything God wanted them to have. 
Then God said, you know what? Therefore, the, thus saith the Lord God. He said, hold on, I'm, I'm going to take care of this myself. Surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He should take away, notice when, he, when they go to Babylon, he's going to take away their wealth, carry off a spoil, and remove for pillage. God wasn't playing with them, was he? He was taking the wealth, the spoil, and the pillage. Notice this, and that will be the wages, not just for a few folks, but for the entire army. Wow. Y'all see how much God integrated to bless these folks for doing what they did. And not only this, God took it personally. Notice what he said in verse 20. I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor. And notice what he says. Because they worked for who? Me. Says who? Notice this. They worked for who? God. They worked for God. Now, it's interesting when you read something like that, you don't read God coming down directly and talking to the people. But nevertheless, they worked for God. Truly, when, in the day that we're living in, uh, we need to have that same mindset that we're working for God. And if we're working for God, you know what God says, I will make sure you get paid. That's why we have the topic we do today. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. One of the things I had to repent of and ask God, because I've taught it wrong for many years, is that you should not expect anything from God. Now, let me clarify what I mean by that. When I said that, I was saying on the, on the, on the, uh, that, you know, you should be humble and just receive whatever. But one thing I learned over the years, when God wanted to give you something for what you did for him, you wouldn't expect it from him because your mind was closed off. I, I'm not doing anything for God. And so I had to repent of that because God wants to bless his people. I mean, that's his bottom line. He wants to bless his people. And this is the thing. If God was to give you something, you need to recognize that it comes from God because if not, you'll think it become it come because of your own work, your own labor, or even the devil or your job or whatever it is. You'll think it came from somebody or something else when actually it comes from God. You get a bonus. It actually came from God. Well, it might be indirectly, but it came from God. Somebody blesses you with uh, something nice. It came from God, even though God used them to bring it to you. And so we tell that person, thank you. But in the background, we say, oh, thank you so much, Jesus. Because if it had not been for you, I would not have what I have right now. I couldn't get this right here. I couldn't go to the store and it got 90% off and it had got, it's in my side. It had to be you, God, that wanted to bless me with it. And I ain't mad with God because if I am a good father, I want to do what's right by my children. And God is the best father we will ever know. And he wants to do right by his children. And I want us to always get in that mindset is that God wants to do right by me, whether directly or indirectly, he wants to take care of me. And if God blesses you with something, your heart's desire or gives you something that is, you know, you weren't expecting, you all say, God, I thank you for it. And I know you do it not because I'm, I'm great all the time. It's because you love me just that much. Because, you know, if, uh, every parent in this room has bought their child something and you really thought about it. They really didn't deserve what you bought it for. Thank you all for the five. Amen. Right there. You didn't did because what? You love them. 
You love him. That's all it was. Because you know you think, little Johnny Bad, but I'm going to buy him this little, this, this little right here. I'm going to, listen, he didn't make the best grave. I'm going to take him out to get something to eat. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're blessed because why? It is simple because you love him. And you know of God who is the heavenly father who, listen, tell you something, the Bible says this. If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more should the heavenly father get the Holy Spirit to them that ask? We should be expecting God to do something great for us. Why? Because he simply loved us. How you know he loves Pastor Doc? Wait, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who shall believe him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things you're going to know about God is that God loves you. I mean, that is going to be one of the greatest revelations you ever get. You may not know everything about the revelation. You may not know everything about the apocalypse or the great coming of Christ. But if you know that God loves you, you will make it through the revelation. You will make it through the rapture. You will make it through the second coming. You will make it through all that. The, the book of Genesis, when the angels came down and slept with women, you say, well, I may not know nothing about all that kind of stuff, but I know God loves me. I ain't no best out because he put a roof over my head. He put clothes on my back. He supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know that God loves me because of what he has done and what he continues to do in my life. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy. Whew, thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Now, I think that sometimes those of us who work in ministry can become distracted by the different responsibilities that go with ministry. Those distractions may influence us to lose track as to who we ultimately do the work for, which is where our reward is coming from. As, as Mark 941 reminds us, go to Mark 941. I know we just read it there in the offering, but Mark 941 reads as follows. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And so when we bless those that work in ministry, God says you will not lose your reward. And I appreciate that. And so I believe that God's going to give us something in return for our good. He's going to recompense us for our services. He's going to sometimes reward is the amount of money given for services and receive for effort given. I love the fact that God rewards his people because see. If the devil can reward his people, we should look for God to do even better for us. I'm just telling you up front, devil going to reward his folks. You know that, don't you? He is. He is. But I thank God that God rewards us with something that's going to be better than what the devil gives his folks. It's going to be much better. It's going to be, it's going to have us thinking better, talking better, and acting better when God rewards you with something. He can give you peace. Let me tell you something. The devil can't give you peace because there's no peace in him. You can't have a peaceful home with the devil being the head of your household because there's no peace in him. See, you can't bring peace if you can't bring, listen, you can't bring peace if no peace is in you. And, and, and you can't bring no joy if no joy is in you. And you can't bring love if no love is in you. And the devil has none of those attributes. But that's why God can bring you joy, he can bring you peace, and he can bring you love. And I thank God he can do it. It don't cost him nothing to bring it to you neither. And you ain't get, listen, you ain't got to get a paycheck to get love. Are y'all following him? You ain't got to get a new car to get peace. You ain't got to get a meal to have joy in your heart. Listen, God loves each and every one of his children. So now I want to pick up in, in the Ezekiel 29 and 17. It came to pass in the 20th year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, came to me saying. Now, first of all, let me say this to Ezekiel. 
received a word from the Lord in Ezekiel 29 and 17. Ezekiel is a very interesting character. Well, I say character, but uh, Bible person, I would say, a Bible character. His name means God strengthens, God strengthens. So when he prophesied, it, it should have strengthened folks, but sometimes it didn't, didn't quite feel like it strengthened them. But that's what he did, long story short. He was a prophet. He was a prophet. He's the author of the book by his name. And one interesting fact I wanted to give you was that many of his prophecies came after he was taken captive. And he was held captive for approximately 22 years. So basically, to paraphrase it, put in today's terminology, he was in jail prophesying and God was backing up, or excuse me, God was giving him what to say. And he was telling the people what thus saith the Lord. But he did it from a place of confinement or a place of jail. You know, what we would say jail or call jail today. So this man was a unique individual. So he prophesied, and in this 22 years, this is one of his prophecies, one of the things that God had given to him to share with the people. And one thing you would know about God, and, and re the reason that, he prophesies and God does the thing that he does, uses people to prophesy. It's because God knows those who work for him. He knows those who work for him. One thing about it, I know sometimes people will uh, say certain things about you, but really nobody knows your, what you do for God like God does. I can only look and see what I see, but unless God show it to me, I don't pretend like I know everything you do for God. I appreciate what y'all do for God. Let me tell you something. Just because you don't come to the church, I know some of you still pray. Just because some of you are don't do this, that, and the other, I know you still do good work for the kingdom of God. And God knows that too, better than I do. And this is what you got to understand. And just because I see you do things, watch this now, watch this, don't be, don't be mad when I tell you this. Don't mean, just because I see you do good things, don't mean God is in agreement with what you do. Y'all know the difference, right? Let me tell you something. God does not, you can do good things in front of folks, but don't mean God is in agreement with what you're doing. Mm -mm. Lord, look how y'all looking at me there. I know that was, that was a tough one. I had to drop that one on everybody. I, I had to drop it on myself too. Because see, God looks at your heart and the reason that you do things. God is a discerner of the heart. That's why he loved David. Because he said, David is a man after my own heart. And I appreciate what David did. But you know what? We need to understand. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me share this with you about David. The reason that David could, could do some things and God wouldn't hold it against him like he may do with somebody else is because God knew David's heart. He knew his heart. Now, somebody else would have did it. They'd have been dead. But because but David did it, David repented as soon as he found out he was wrong and he got things right with God. But the problem with Saul was, Saul, actually, he didn't do his, David did his lunch. You know, David was, well, I hate to say this, but uh, David was kind of a, uh, he was a rogue, rough, rough rider. We were talking about David and Sunday's uh, day. Man, wasn't going to get paid today. David didn't go kill that brother because he wasn't paying. And he wasn't, uh, and the brother said, he wouldn't wait a week neither. You you give my money today. Hey, I, I see you tomorrow. <laughs> In fact, when I'm coming, I'm killing every, every male in your household. And if Abigail wouldn't have showed up with a fine self, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said fine. <laughs> the Bible called her beautiful. 
That's why, I, to me, in my opinion, that's how he got David's attention. Because brother said, if there had been a rough brother coming up in there talking about, hey, David, what's going on, man? I need to talk to you for a moment. <laughs> it can't ride. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. But David knew, but God knew David. David knew Abigail. Anytime the Bible calls you beautiful, you beautiful. I, I'm going to put it to you like that. If the Bible calls you, because the Bible don't lie. Your father, if the Bible calls you beautiful, you're beautiful. And I'm sure when David saw her, he's like, whoo, she's beautiful. <laughs> and, and so he looked at her and he said, and, and, and Abigail talked to David. And, and David calmed himself, went on back to his place. In fact, after her husband died, David sent a messenger to Abigail and said, Abigail, will you be my wife? Now, that's kind of a whack proposal, send somebody else to ask somebody else to be your wife. But evidently, she must have liked David, too. Well, y'all, let me get out of that, too. Let me get out of that. Y'all ain't ready for it. Y'all ain't ready for it. But she did say yes, though. Y'all follow me? <laughs> I can imagine somebody would come to my daughter's house talking about, okay, uh, I, I was sent by so-and-so to come and date. <laughs> Clap! I would slam the door so fast, it would have been... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's just me, though. I'm, I pray my strength. I still need Jesus in my life. I still need Jesus. All right, let me get back to the text. So he knows those who work for him. Now, in verse 18, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused his army to labor strenuously against Tyre. Every head was made bold and every shoulder rubbed raw. Yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre. For the labor which they expended on it. The Lord, the, excuse me, the word that Ezekiel received was directed toward the ones who were in the army of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The ones in the army had labored strenuously against Tyre, as shown in Ezekiel 29 and 18. These individuals had worked and they had served. In fact, they had worked and served to the point where their head went bald and their shoulders were rubbed raw. Now, to me, I've never, I've worked hard in my life. I've sweated. I've been sore. I've been, I did a lot of different things, but I've never rubbed my shoulders raw and I've never went bald working. In fact, I've never seen anybody come to that level in working for somebody. I mean, I've never seen it. So I, I can only imagine how hard they must have been working. I worked hard in my day, and I did some stuff, and I've been sweating. I've been I I worked so hard. Now today, when before I start working hard, I take an ibuprofen. That's just the story, because I'm older. Some of y'all, some see the young folks like, what you mean take an ibuprofen? Don't worry, keep living. <laughs> when you do work like that, you you would do something. Are y'all follow me? So I I could imagine doing some work like that. But then again, I thought about it from this standpoint. See, sometimes our search for God is going to require us to go beyond the normal effort to a point where to put demand on our bodies, our minds, or even our finances. It's going to put a, working for God sometimes is going to put a, a requirement on you. It's going to put something on you. And not everything you're going to do is going to be convenient for you when it comes to working for God. Because God requires sacrifices sometimes. Sometimes he requires you to get out to bed early or stay up late. Sometimes God requires you to be inconvenienced in order to do his will. 
Let me tell you something. Sometimes God requires you to go beyond your norm in order to get certain things done in ministry and in life. It's not always convenient to go and visit sick people. It's not always convenient going visit those that need a listen when God is calling you to go and call somebody or visit somebody. He said, No, you can't text this person. I need you to go to knock on their door, meet them in a certain place, and do this, that, and the other. Sometimes it calls you something to buy a lunch you can't even afford. To to pick up some groceries that you when you need groceries yourself. Amen. To pray for somebody that's challenging their body, even when you're challenging your body yourself. Sometimes it requires you to do something, and that's what God was to me was speaking to me when I looked at this particular text. When they rubbed, when they worked so hard that the head became bald and they, the shoulders became raw. Sometimes working for God can require something out of you. I'll be honest with you. You know, I know working for ministry, uh, doing things for God, requires you to sacrifice sometimes. I, 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 listen, I had to learn that. It took me a minute to get to the point where I could do this and not complain about it. Because sometimes, listen, don't be a person that does something good, but God tell everybody that you did something good. Oh, I did good this week. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, you got to drop what you did in the conversation. Oh, you, you, you didn't know, did you? I was down to so-and-so this week. You know what I love? When people come tell me what you did. Y'all didn't get that, did you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, Brother So-and-so came to see me this week, and they, they did this, that, and the other. I said, oh, really? Oh, that's so nice. And so I go commend Brother So-and-so. Uh, sometimes, listen, I love when people do stuff, because I was like this when I came to ministry. And, and people that, uh, some people that knew me when I came to ministry, they knew I was, I was like this. I remember one time, boy, I had to clean, uh, I cleaned something one time. I didn't tell nobody I did. I, I just cleaned it because I just wanted to do it, you know. And, I, and, and I, in my mind, this is what I thought. I wasn't getting paid because I didn't get a check as soon as I finished. But working for God, you can't work for God and not expect something. I'm th- you may not get a, a, a physical check once it's over, but God holds, holds everything to your account that you do for him. Because you would not go up to heaven talking about, God, you didn't pay me for this right here. Oh, God, look, let's look at the record, son. Let's look at the record. I paid you right here for what you did two, two months ago. I paid you right here on the on the uh, 13th of October. How'd you pay me, God? You remember that time? So-and-so. See, God got a way of paying you that doesn't look like what we think they should look like. But God would, listen, sometimes his divine protection is his payment. Sometimes protecting your children is his payment. Sometimes walking, listen, while you ride down the road and you get distracted and that car don't hit you is your payment. God pays you in ways you don't know nothing about many times. You just think, listen, that's why I praise him when I come in the sanctuary. Because I realize before I got here, he has paid me over and over and over and over again. Is he not the God that loads us daily with benefits? He does it constantly. All the time. All the time God blesses us. All the time. I was learning that. I remember when my, I used to watch my children get on the bus and so forth. I said, God, you're paying me right now because you're, you're watching the children as they go to school. I can't be with our children 24 hours a day and seven days a week. They don't want me to be with them now 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And I don't, I'm not going to do that. I, the protection 
the grace and the mercy that he has upon my family, upon this ministry, upon the saints here. I, I, that, that is a blessing enough. When I watch God bless you and y'all come testifying about, you know, Pastor, I got a raise this week. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Woo! Because I know if you got a raise, it won't be long for your neighbor get a raise. It won't be long for the person behind you get a raise. Won't be long before that person get this, that, that. Oh, you paid this off? Oh, won't be long for that person pays that off. It won't, listen, I, I, me, I'm gonna be all right, y'all. But I like the fact that God blessing y'all. <laughs> I get excited about when God blesses y'all. Why, Pastor? Because that lets me know if it's work for you, it'll work for everybody else that comes through the ministry. So when you, act, when you invite person A or person B in, you know that God is blessing you, blessing your neighbor, and it won't be long before it just come off on it because my cup runneth over. Somebody say my cup runneth over. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me see you again, y'all. Let me show you, let me show you how to do this real quickly. Do like this. My cup runneth over hit somebody. This, this hit, don't hit them hard now. My cup runneth. Uh-huh. L- listen, the anointing runneth what? Grace runneth what? Peace runneth what? Prosperity runneth what? My prayers for you runneth what? Oh, love runneth what? See, this is what you got to understand. The blessing is not just for you, but it's for those around you. Thank God for that. So they labor. They labor. They labor. They labor. Now, the ones in the army had labored so hard that their heads were bald and their shoulders rubbed wrong. Wrong. They, the text does not specifically say what they did in order for this to take place, but I believe that they had some type of supernatural help in order to achieve such a daunting task. I, I don't think they could have did all of that on their own. This is my personal opinion. I, I don't have no proof of this. I just don't believe that you can work so hard that your head go bald and you rub your shoulder wrong and you don't quit somewhere along the way. Or you don't tell folks, man, I'm tired. <laughs> but to put this thing down. I, I mean, that was just, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. That's a lot of work to rub your shoulders wrong and your head to go bald. That's a lot of work. I ain't never seen it. I ain't never experienced it. Because, you know, I thought about from this standpoint. Now, this is just me thinking, okay? Even when Jesus prayed his most earnest, oh, excuse me, strenuous prayer, he sweated drops of blood. That to me is, is a prayer. I've never seen nobody pray like that. That drops of blood came out of them when they prayed to that point. Now, it doesn't mean that, just because I don't see it now, don't mean it ain't happen, y'all. Y'all know that, right? Don't never get that mindset. If I don't see it, then I don't believe it, please. There's so much stuff that go on that you don't see, you might as well keep that noise to yourself. I mean, you know, I've never been to Australia. I believe it is this. I've never been to um, Pluto. I believe it is this. I, I saw it in my eyes, but, you know, I don't know if they're really, Listen, this is what they told me with Pluto. <laughs> and y'all know history books is only written by a certain point of view, right? Well, look how y'all looking at me. They ain't all the history out there. That's just a portion of it. It ain't all the history out there. When I came up, let me just say this. I'm trying to say this in a, in a nice manner. We didn't. There was there was not that much concerning African American history in my history books. And like we didn't do anything, we did all types of things. But you got to go and study it in order to find out. 
But just because it wasn't in my book doesn't mean it did not exist. And this is what you need to know about God. There's a lot of things that go on that God ain't going to tell you everything that go on, but you got to trust him regardless of what's happening in your life. Got to trust him. Got to trust him. So, in my opinion, one cannot work to the point that they are bald and their shoulders rub all without getting tired or weird, exhausted or spirit. Let's go to Galatians 6 and 9 real quickly. We'll come back. Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So don't get weary. Don't get weary and notice this in doing good. Now, when it comes to what the Lord also recognized, that they did not receive their wages. You notice this also in the book of Ezekiel 29. Let me see what verse 7. 18. Yeah. Every head was made ball and every shoulder raw. Yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre for the labor which they expended on it. The Lord recognized they did not receive wages or pay or reward or money or fee for the effort in Tyre. In my opinion, the Lord makes this statement as if they should have expected some type of wage for the effort. Thus aligning with 11, Hebrews 11 and 6. Go to Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. One thing that that I thought about when I looked at this text was that many of us in the sanctuary need to understand that God knows every labor, every, excuse me, the wages that you're making currently right now. He understands them. He knows them better probably than you do. And I believe truly that if we will allow God to give us our wages and not look to man, some of us will get automatic increases right there. Automatic increases. Notice what he said. I, knew, I know that they, the work that they're doing, they didn't get properly compensated for. These folks that work hard. Now, I know that they got a certain amount. The Bible doesn't really say, at least when I read it, I didn't quite get that. Or they didn't get anything at all. Bottom line, God, notice this, God was not satisfied with it. And I, I want to be in a position where God is not satisfied with my compensation. I want God to say, you know what, you ain't making enough, Dobbs. Y'all didn't get that, did you, boy? <laughs> I want God to say, you know what, they ain't paying you enough over there or there. You ought to be in a position that God, you know, all this stuff, you don't want God to come to you and say, you know what, my brother, my sister, you're not getting paid enough for what you're doing. You're not, listen, I, some of y'all should have said amen right there, boy. I ain't getting paid enough, God. God, I hear what they're saying. I'm not getting enough for what I'm doing. Because it's not just, watch this, it's not just your natural job that you're doing. It's also your spiritual job that you're doing. It's also the things you're doing for him 
that God says, I'm going to compensate you for. I want God to be in a position to say, you know what? You ain't getting paid enough. Oh, listen, I know they, they see, see, because man will cut you off at a certain point. He'll say, you're only going to make this much an hour. And then you can fall for that and say, you know what? That must be all I'm worth. That must be all God I, I, I deserve. That must be, oh, and God's like, please, why do you keep believing that? Why you keep believing that I can't bless you beyond your salary, beyond your payroll, beyond your businesses, beyond whatever you're doing? I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I said, God, you know what? If you want to give me a raise to pay off this right here, that'd be a good raise in my opinion. You know, I, God can bless you in a number of different ways. See, God's not meant like man. He's see, man's limited what they can do for you. I mean, man can give you about ten million dollars today, but it won't buy you peace. Man can do all types of things, create all types of medicines, but it won't give you joy. God, listen, God is not limited by man's limitations. Remember, we serve an unlimited God with unlimited resources. And he got so much he can do for his people. And that's the God that we serve. The, the children uh, of Neb- excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar's men, they did not get enough. And let me tell you, let me say this to some people, somebody in this sanctuary. Oh, you, may, you must not be getting enough. If not, God wouldn't give me a word like that from somebody in this sanctuary. But Pastor, you don't know my situation. I don't have to know your situation. God knows your situation. God, and this is what I, I know. God must have somebody a reward in mind in this sanctuary. Did he say? Did he not say say he would would provide help in the sanctuary? Are we not in the sanctuary this morning? And if God wants to provide help, he's going to start off with his word because his word cannot return back to him, boy. But it must accomplish everything he said it out to do. Oh, God must be ready to give somebody a raise in this sanctuary. Woo! Would that be you or will it be your neighbor? Will you be the one to say, mm, I don't know. That must be for somebody else. I want to be in a position that God looks at what I do for him and tell folks, hey, they ain't getting enough. They ain't got enough. Well, well Pastor, I got 20 million in the bank. He said, that ain't enough right now. For what I'm going to do in your life, I got some people I want you to bless. I got some people I want you to be a blessing to. And 20 million, it's just going to be the tip of the iceberg. See, I'm look, look, notice the text. These people have worked hard for him. How you know it's for him? Because remember, he said, they worked for me. They were, listen, I know Nebuchadnezzar was the king, but listen, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't the man that was in charge of their salary, of their income. I, I even want to say it, income. He wasn't trying to, God was. Because he said, you know what? Y'all over here, Tyree, working so hard, but y'all ain't got enough. Y'all not getting paid enough. Listen, you had that job over at this company, A, B, and C. You, God could be telling somebody in the sanctuary, you're not getting enough for what I want to do in your life. You're not getting enough. You're not getting enough for what I want to do in your life. Listen, yeah, I know you work overtime, but you're not getting enough. In fact, that overtime it might maybe taking you out the will of God. You need to make sure what God is doing in your life keeps you in the will of God. 
keeps you in, in, in the sanctuary so you can get a word like this that will help you in your time of need. Oh, God said, you know what? I've got, listen, you're not getting enough. Oh, good God almighty. That, that keep ringing in my spirit. Somebody that's going to be listening or somebody in this sanctuary on this Sunday morning, you're not getting enough. It ain't because you want to consume it on your own lust. God said, I want to bless you so you can be a blessing to your neighbor, blessing to your, your community, blessing to your church, blessing to your home, blessing to your children, blessing to those around you. Good measure, press down, shaking together. And running over. Woo! God, I receive that right now. I receive that right now. I receive that right now. And remember, God is a rewarder. In my opinion, the Lord may say, uh, excuse me, he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder, excuse me. God is a rewarder. A rewarder, one that simple definition, one who pays wages. One who pays wages. Thank God, God pays his wages. You ain't got to worry about God check bouncing. You ain't got to worry about God check coming back on you. You ain't got to worry about, is it going to be there when God said it's going to be there? It's going to be there when he says it's going to be there. I appreciate that about God. Woo! Boy, that was somebody's word in that sanctuary. How many received that, the word? I mean, I mean, what's that for you? Oh, that was me right now. I know y'all, listen, y'all, y'all thank y'all for all you did during the appreciation, but evidently it's not enough for what God wants to do in my life coming forward. Are y'all following me? And I thank God for it. And know what? You know what's, what's amazing about this word right here? This came after y'all soul. You get that? It came after the season of sowing. So after you sowed, God said, you know what? I, I saw their labor of love. And it's not enough yet. I'm going to do something great for Good God. Boy, I received that, God. I received it on their behalf. I received it for somebody who ain't here. I received it for those listening on the podcast. I received it in Jesus' my name. Lord, let me go on because I'm getting excited about this. 29.19. Ezekiel 29.19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He should take away her wealth, carry away carry off for spoil and remove for pillage. And that will be the wages for his army. So when you notice this, the Lord tells them he will give King Nebuchadnezzar the land of Egypt. And once they get to the land, he's going to take the wealth, which is the abundance, the valuable possessions, and the money. He's also going to take the spoils, the goods, the valuables, loot taken by force, and the pillage. Taking something that is useful, property siege, or taking something good. In other words, basically they're going to take every good thing out of them. <laughs> they're going to take the wealth, the spoil, and the pillage. You find that twenty nine nineteen. The Lord knew what they had. Oh, there. Yeah, that's a good point. The Lord knew exactly what the Egyptians had. Why is that important, Pastor Dobb? God will not take you to a place where he know he can't take care of you. Where he can't take care of you. Where, where he cannot take care of you. And that's not, well, he took the man, the widow woman. But you know what? God provided supernatural through the widow woman. But he knew that those individuals, God would take care of. Now, I want you to read, I'm going to go back and read it in that text again. In 19. Therefore, thus said the Lord, surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He should take away her wealth, 
Wealth is abundance, valuable possessions, and money. Carry off or spoil. Or spoil are the goods, the valuables, the loot's taken by force. And remove her pillage, which is pillage is taking something useful, property seized, taking something good. And of course, everybody's definition of something good probably may not be the same, but for the most part, it's going to be something good. The Lord knew they, what they had, and he knew how to get it to his people. Which emphasized the Lord giving the wealth of the wicked over to the righteous. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. Let's go real quickly. We're getting close to the end here. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. A good man leaves inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. What you know about this is that God knows where the sinner is storing up his, his goods at. He knows exactly where the sinner is storing up his good at. So the sinner can't hide his money from God. He can hide it from us. He can hide it from uh, the government. He can hide it from a lot of different folks. But he cannot hide it from God. And when God get ready to release it into our lives, he's going to do exactly what God said he's going to do. Woo, God is a man who cannot lie, nor the son of man that he, can, that he has to repent. Thank God God knows exactly where the wealth of the wicked is at. So if he knows where it's at, he ain't got no problem getting it to you. Everybody follow me now? I want you to see that. If God knows where the wealth of the wicked is at, he has no problem in getting it to you. Thank God he ain't got no problem getting it to me or to you. Are y'all following me here? Therefore, now, I want you to notice in the latter part of verse 20. 20. I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor. Oh, excuse me. I skipped something. I skipped something. I'm sorry. Let me go back and make the statement. They may not have previously had wages before or not enough wages, but now the Lord is making sure that he gets what he wants them to have. Now, I want you to understand this clearly. God is making sure that you're going to get what he wants you to have. That's important because, see, man may try to cut you off. Somebody say you're not going to get a raise. That's not up to them. It's up to God. They say you can only make a certain amount of hours. That's not their call. It's up, that's up to God. They say you ain't going to make this much on this business deal. That's not up to them. That's up to God. God is the one who determines what's coming into your life. And we got to make sure we stand, do what God wants us to do so we can get what God wants us to have. Now, we must learn the lesson of Abraham that no one made us rich but God. Genesis 14, 23. Let's go to Genesis 14, 23. Genesis 14, 23. That I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and I will take nothing that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. I have made Abram wealthy. I have made, I've given Abram great possessions. I have gave Abram abounding, abounding in natural resources. Nobody can take, nobody could take credit for making Abram rich but God. 
Now, let me say this to you. Nobody, when God finished with you, can take credit for making you wealthy except God himself. And that is the testimony you want to have. You want to say, you know what? It wasn't my skill that got me here. It wasn't because I did all these great things. All I tried to do was just obey God and what he told me to do. And when I did it, God continued to bless me over and over and over again. Not consuming on my own lust. Many times, so I'm blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. When you have that kind of mindset, God can use you for great things in the kingdom of God. And this is what many of you are doing in this season. Not just this season. You have a mindset. I'm going to do this to be a blessing. And when you do it to be a blessing, God says, I am going to bless you. Let me tell you something. God can use folks to keep it going like that. It's just a flow. Money is is supposed to circulate. They ain't supposed to be stopping down with you. And when God want to use it, it's it's up to him. If he gave it to you, it's up to him. Tell somebody it's up to him. We don't need to get caught up. And when God says he want to use certain things, that's just his money. That's just his money. And I know sometimes it's going to bother you because it bothered me sometime in the past. Oh, God, you want me to give this much? I just got it, God. <laughs> I need it for this, God. I need it for this, that, and the other. But God said, if you do it, I can get you hope so much more. And when he done it, I've done it. Oh, God, he's been true to his word. This is what you got to know about God. Sometimes it wasn't the fact they gave me money. It's the fact they saved me as much money as I gave. I've given God 50. He saved me 200. And I'm like, whoo, that 50 was so well worth it. You said 50 ain't a lot of money. Let me tell you something. 50 was a lot of money back then, y'all. I'm not 50 was a lot of money back then. A whole lot of money back then. When I'm back to warehouse grocery, I bought warehouse grocery again. <laughs> I'm going to work warehouse grocery. Boy, $50 could do a damage up in warehouse grocery. It could do damage. But when God said, get that 50, I said, woo. I remember times we used to go buy uh, certain days, we buy certain meats because, you know, they had the expiration date two days afterward. But, you know, you go buy it and cook it that night, you'd be all right. Uh, I remember buying, we used to go buy several things like that, and then we used to freeze it and then take our chances with it. And, and, and so forth. Uh, I remember times we would go and buy a certain amount of meat, and God would tell us go, go invite certain people over to the house and feed them. And I think, what are we going to use to feed ourselves? You know, I'm just, this, this is me, brother. Y'all might not have the kind of conversation. <laughs> but I would say, well, how am I going to feed my family? All right, this is what I'm saying. But God said, ooh, go in, go in, and, uh, go in and invite someone. And so we would feed certain families over there in Brookwood. And we would do it like God said to do. Uh, but now, I could probably afford to take all y'all out today and just be just fine with it. Oh, y'all follow? I mean, that's how God would do stuff like that. That's it. God would do stuff like that for you if you follow him. Now, I, listen, back then, whoo, them, them poor child had to stretch them as far as I could. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know about them poor child. I'm sorry. Let me get out of that. <laughs> Let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. All right, let's finish this up. Now, the main reason, the main reason, main reason, Ezekiel 14.20 illustrates that the Lord is doing what he did for the army was because, and I want you to understand this, they worked for him. Whether directly or indirectly, they did this mental or physical effort 
And you know it had to be physical. Your shoulders are rubbed raw, and you go going bald, and you're working for him. And, and, and this is what I thought about. I don't think that all the people in the army knew they were probably direct, directly or indirectly working for the Lord. I person, this is personal opinion. I don't really know. Doesn't say, but he said this whole army was working for me. I will give him the land of Egypt because notice how God puts this. They worked for me, says the Lord God. And I want to say to you in this sanctuary, when you work for God, you should expect something. You should expect something. Now, how God going to do it? I, I don't want to even block you in with my ideas and my suggestions. Because you could say, well, Pastor God, you say it's going to come this way. Let me tell you something. God got so many ways, I can't even begin to figure out how he's going to bless you. So many different ways. He can give you an idea, and that idea can take you to a whole new level. One idea, one idea, one idea. He can do that and take you to a whole new different level. All in the ones in armor did not know that they were working for the Lord. However, they got their wages from him through Nebuchadnezzar. And this is what you need to know. God will use somebody to get the wages to you. But remember, it ultimately comes from God. Anybody see that in the scripture? I want y'all to really see that. They worked for God, but God used Nebuchadnezzar to get the wages to him. That's why he gave the land to Nebuchadnezzar. And he went over there. They got the wealth. They got the spoils. They got the pillage. But remember, it was for the army. It was for the army. Sometimes businesses get uh, business ideas, and they get contracts because of you. Because of you. They get certain things that come your way because of what? You. Isn't that something? And if you left that company... You think they might get a contract? Who knows? They may not get it. There's certain things happen in your life because you are his child, and he got to use people to get you to wealth. I ain't mad with it neither. Are y'all following me? When we work, it's unto the Lord. It's Colossians 3 and 23. Let's go there quickly. My last scripture. Well, thank y'all for being patient. I know I'm a little bit over 45 minutes, but we're about done. Colossians 3 and 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to what? Men. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. This is what you know. When you're on your job, when you're working your business, you work as unto the Lord and not unto men. That means you show up on time as unto the Lord and not unto men. Because you can sleep as a man. Man ain't going to see it. Man can't see everything, but God sees everything. When you work, you got to give folks a good day, night, or whatever it is, job done. Because why? You're doing it under God and not unto what? Because, man, you can, you can, you know, I remember the days I used to work, and then when the boss showed up, I worked harder. Y'all get that a little bit later, y'all follow me? <laughs> but when you do under God, you're always working. Whether the supervisor there or not there, you're still working. Because what? You work under God and not under what? 
when you're doing certain things, you don't take. You no, know, you know, I remember the day I, you know, when before I got saved, real good on the job. You should get stuff and take it with me. Because I deserve them pens and pencils. Because <laughs> what? They weren't paying me enough. That's my justification behind it. <laughs> they weren't paying me enough. I go and get these pens and pencils. And, and oh, y'all, y'all give me that. Oh, I take that too. You know, ask anybody for what? They, they deserve to pay me this. They're glad to have me here. Now, you know what I was doing? I was stealing. <laughs> I had to repent. Not only was I stealing pens and papers and, and, and uh, pencils, I was stealing time, too. Mm-hmm. And God had to deliver me. He had, I mean, literally deliver me. Deliver me. And this was the thing. You could take some stuff and not even get caught and think you're getting away with something. But when God delivered me, oh, if they want me to have one, or I could just ask. A lot of times people didn't give it to you, just ask them. But no, not me. I was to take it and, and said, I, I, and listen, had the nerve to tell God I deserve it. And then tell folks this lie, they blessed me on their job. No, I stole from that job. That's the difference, y'all. That's where you got to work is unto the Lord. And folks going to love to have you. And that's why they're going to give you raises and bonuses and so forth. And God going to use them tremendously. And don't be surprised somebody come and give you some money this coming week, as a matter of fact. Just to let you know that God is going to cause his word to come to pass in your life. I mean, God's doing stuff. I'm telling you now. I am telling you, you cannot work for God. You shouldn't expect something when you work for the Lord. You should expect something. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. When it's directly in the race, you should not, you, you should not work for Jesus, the provider, the healer, the deliverer, the prosperity, the way maker, the joy, and the peace. And not expect something. Amen? Well, if you got it by now, I don't know if you're going to get this one, praise God. I'm just telling you that. I just put it to you as plain as I possibly could. You should expect something when you work for the Lord. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.